Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Liu. Hello, amazing. Thank you for joining me today. This episode is for you if, like me, Twitter is one of your weak spots. Today on the show, I have my friend, Jessie. She is a ghostwriter, social media strategist, and blogger at jessiesignan.com. She specializes in helping small businesses and nonprofits grow a community instead of just growing an audience. Even though she works across all social media, her specialized focus is Twitter, and she loves teaching people how Twitter can grow their business. Her account on Twitter has over 10,000 followers, and she grew that in less than a year. Go check out Jessie on Twitter at JessieQSynon. That's J-E-S-S-I-E-Q-S-Y-N-A-N. And feel free to connect with me on Twitter at M-S-L-U-C-Y-L-I-U. Thank you so much for being here, Jesse. Thank you for having me. Okay. So if someone was starting on Twitter, just starting, what is the first advice you would give them? The first thing is just to congratulate themselves for actually taking the step to get on Twitter because Twitter is kind of the dark horse of social media. You know, people are jumping for Instagram and jumping for Facebook and Twitter gets lost in the darkness because it's not understood. So just saying yes to getting to Twitter is a big accomplishment in itself. And I think my second thing would be just to focus on creating your community instead of creating an audience. Really take that time to just focus on honoring people and finding people out there to promote and show and genuine people, not just finding anyone, but people you really think you could support and raising people up before you go and promote yourself. Mm, I love that. So we just got on Twitter. How would you go about getting your first 100 followers? I always tell people to start on a Friday. I know Friday is the day that we all kind of want to relax and take a step back. But on Twitter, follow Friday or hashtag follow Friday is really huge, no matter what community you're a part of. And so taking time and following that hashtag, finding people in your niche that you could connect with, relate to, even just finding people that you have found, posting a simple status like, I found these five amazing people, make sure to check them out, tag them all, hashtag follow Friday. I have known so many people that get 100 in just that first day just by simply starting on a Friday and engaging with people. Mm, That was a great tip. So you talked about hashtag. How many hashtags should we use in a tweet? That is an excellent question. So hashtag started with Twitter, but we rarely think about it with Twitter anymore. A lot of us think about it with Instagram and Instagram, you can have up to 30 and that's a good thing. On Twitter, if you have more than two or three, it actually has the negative effect. It stops spreading your information around as much because it seems like it's not spam, but Mm spam-like, almost like you're going out of your way to try to just dump in as many hashtags. So I always recommend maybe finding a total of 20 that you could use a lot, but only using one to two at a time per tweet. Mm, So kind of alternate between the 20. 
Exactly. And, you know, if you have the time, even just keeping track of which tweets do best with which hashtags and seeing what works the best for your community, what works for one community may not work as well with another one. Mm -hmm. And earlier you mentioned tagging people. That is a good way to connect with others, right? What are some other tips that you usually do for your clients? My number one thing is always just finding them a community as soon as possible. In each community, I work with multiple niches and different groups. And no matter what, in that community, there's five people that are just at least five people that you can just tell right away. They're going out of their way to just be with people on Twitter. Very often you see people on Twitter that just post their link and run away, post their link and run away. And then a bit later, they're like, I don't like Twitter. It doesn't work for me. But when you find that community and just a handful of people that you can connect with and start building that community, it just takes off from there. Mm -hmm. And by you mean interacting and engaging with that community, what exactly do you do? Do you like their tweets or do you retweet their tweets? How does it actually work? I think engaging involves a few things. Liking is definitely a huge thing. Sometimes in, I will type in a specific hashtag into the search box and just go through and see the most recent ones. You can either look at the top tweets or the most recent tweets. I always go to most recent because you have more of a chance of interacting with people when they're online at that moment. So interacting and liking a tweet from 30 seconds ago is going to go so much farther than interacting with a top tweet that has 30 likes from three days ago. So I always start with just simply searching your hashtags, liking those. And then from there, if some, I mean, I'm a huge believer that social media should be as genuine as it can, especially in a world where it's becoming less and less genuine. And I saw a statistic somewhere where over 80% of your interactions on social media are with bots mm-hmm. just because it's all you know, scheduled and created. And so when someone is actually like gets a genuine like or a genuine comment, it's huge. So that's always my second thing make genuine comments. Number one, like as much, many things as you can. Second thing is leave genuine comments. If someone posts something to a blog post, take a few minutes and actually go read that blog, then go back and comment. It goes a long way. And the third thing is just following people that you truly think you could interact with in the future. Don't go and just follow people that have that hashtag follow back. Go with people that are in your community, outside your community, that maybe want to become part of your community and just be that person that is actually genuine on social media because it is more and more rare to find nowadays. I agree with that. Absolutely. And you talked about bots. I mean, I know on Instagram, there are so many bots, you get so many comments and you know, they're bots. And then the same with Facebook. Is that the case for Twitter? I don't see it as often as I do on Instagram because I I do both Instagram and Twitter for clients as well as for myself and Instagram. It's what you said. You see it all the time and it's painful. Like sometimes it's like I had one where it's like a picture of my son and the person wrote gorgeous sunset. If you want to like our products and I'm like, (laughs) okay, then at least try. Like if you're going to pay for a bot, just try. But on Twitter, There's a lot of times where there's fake followers, you know, and you can spot them right away. Like they're almost always like a neurosurgeon that's following your Twitter. 
that happens to send you direct messages, those tend to come a lot more once you hit that 1000 mark and then they just start coming, but they're very easy just to delete and block and just move them on. I think I've had um, Prince Harry add me maybe 13, 14 times. (laughs) (laughs) It's easier to spot, it's easier to get rid of, and it just leaves so much room for real interaction. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned earlier, a lot of people gave up Twitter on their way because they tweet something and you don't really see that growth as like um, compared to Instagram where there's all these strategies that talk, you know, that teach you about the algorithm. Is there an algorithm to Twitter that helps you grow? I really try to avoid algorithms as much as I can. I know that some people would not like that answer. But algorithms change all the time on all social media. And when I started doing social media for clients, I said, I'm going to do something unique. I'm going to do something different. I am going to focus on genuine engagement. That's why I only take so many clients, you know, every quarter. I only take a handful. And that way, when there's this huge algorithm change and everyone gets scared, I just keep doing my thing and the engagement happens. It grows. When you spend that time just truly interacting with people, once you hit that 1,000 mark, you really just start posting more and more of your own content while still sharing other people's and you have your community there. And then all of a sudden, it's not all that work of trying to figure out an algorithm or anything. You're simply going and just sharing your content with people that are really interested. There's no catch. There's no share for share. You're just finding people that are actually interested. But to answer your question, algorithm is not as much of an issue as it is on the other social media channels. My favorite thing about Twitter is you can post twice a day. You can post a hundred times a day without even anyone even noticing because it just goes so fast paced. Mm. And you mentioned the 1000 mark. Would you say that's a good mark for you to notice a difference in growing your Twitter account? It really depends on your audience. I have two of my own Twitter accounts and then I manage multiple others. And I've really noticed that in each community, it's very different. But across the board, it really depends what your goal is on Twitter. I always tell people, have one goal, but then have someone find out your strategies to get that goal. And so when someone says, I want a thousand people on Twitter, I want 10,000 people on Twitter, I always say, that's perfectly fine. Why? And once I hear the why, then we go ahead and tweak that. Overall, I do notice a difference once you hit that thousand where you're not working as hard to build your community, your community starts finding you. Mm, so, okay. So if you're like me, you have low presence on Twitter. Don't give up. <laughs> Hit that no. 1000 mark and things gets easier. It gets easier every single day and every day you'll find yourself doing less and getting more from it. As long as you go on Twitter with a goal, strategies for that goal, and the intention of making a community versus an audience. Mm-hmm. When you say strategy, what does that mean for you and for our audience? What should they take into consider? Whether it's Twitter or really anything in life, goals are pointless unless you have the why behind it, unless you have the how behind it. And so a goal 
of getting 1,000, 5,000 followers, even 10,000 followers. At the beginning, that was my goal, 10,000. And I kept getting so frustrated until someone one day was like, why do you want 10,000? And I said, well, I have no idea. That's what people told me I should have. And so then I really first thought about the why. Why do I want a goal? Once I established a goal, the why became easier. And then the strategies is simply, what am I going to do to get to that point? What is my step one, two, three to get to that point? So if your goal on Twitter is to get to a thousand people, make sure you know your why. Is it because you have a blog and you're trying to drive traffic to it? Is it because you're trying to get sponsorships? Once you know your why, creating that few steps of getting to a thousand becomes a whole lot easier. Mm -hmm. So after you figure out your why and are you set to just start engaging with your community? I think you can start right away. There is just so few rules for Twitter. You can post as often as you want. I'm a huge believer of what's just in the social media community is, or even in the business community, it's called the 80-20 rule, where you're sharing 20% of your own content and 80% of other people's content. I think that's a beautiful rule to go by, but it's not a common one on Twitter. You'll definitely surprise people when you do it. I really feel that there's so few rules that you can, Twitter is the one place where you can just jump in. You can be yourself. If you make a mistake, a tweet lasts an average of 18 seconds. It will go away quickly. So out of all social media, I feel like this is the place where you get to be yourself. You get to make mistakes. I always tell people, if you're going to do some huge social media strategy, start it on Twitter. See how it works. And then if you want to take it other places, take it other places because Twitter is so fast paced and moves so quickly. (laughs) (laughs) So like you said, if you make a mistake, what would you recommend going back and deleting those tweets? I am very big about not deleting tweets unless it is upsetting to a person. Like if you made a mistake and did something that affects a person, by all means, Mm -hmm. you know, correct your mistake before you delete it. Don't just try to bury the evidence. But I'll give you a good example. When I first started social media, Twitter was my only thing I was doing. I was growing my Twitter like crazy. I started a Facebook group to help people grow their social media. And I started giving social media advice on Twitter. And I gave a statistic that was completely incorrect. And a bunch of people started calling me out on it right away. And I had these two options where I could just delete it and move on, or I could leave it there. And I really, really debated about it probably for too long because looking back, it's one tweet, but at the time it mattered so much. And so I looked back and I said, I'm just going to respond on that tweet and keep it up there. And usually when you respond, it kind of moves to the top. And so I responded, I said, thank you, tag the people for, you know, calling me out on this. This is why Twitter is great. And I used it as an opportunity to boost those people. They were all other social media strategists. They were actually my competition. But by taking that step and saying, hey, thanks for calling me out. You guys should check out so-and-so. They have a great blog, this and this. I spun it around and actually promoted my competition and got two clients later that day. Hmm. (laughs) There's just something about being real on there and owning up to what you do. And it moved on so quickly. I'm the only one that ever remembered it happened and what's done is done. <laughs> mm, I love that. In, in, the, in today's world of social media, being real and 
and authentic. It's so important. We have to remember to make genuine connections. You know, instead of just being online behind our laptops. You know, we're all real human beings, and give it our heart and soul. I didn't realize how much people were longing for real things on social media.、Mm-hmm. It, it, I didn't really have much of a. I didn't grow up with Instagram. I didn't grow up with Twitter. All these things, and so it wasn't ingrained in me. And when I went on, I just started being myself and pointing out mistakes I've made, things like that. And people just jump for that. And Twitter is this. Amazing place to just genuinely be yourself, and even if you hire someone to do Twitter, it just showing your company or your brand as real or genuine goes such a long way. If people remember how companies brands make them feel, they remember clinging to things. They might not remember that random statistic you said, but they know how following you on Twitter makes them feel, and that's something that we just have to reach onto more in the Twitter community. Mm-hmm. Because, like you mentioned, sponsorships. I know in the news we're always hearing about so and so. They got a you know how many amount dollar worth of sponsorship for their IG account. You know it goes up to the millions. How do you think that goes in Twitter? It's definitely not there as much as it is on Instagram, but I think、mm-hmm. that's a benefit. It was a couple of months ago now that Instagram all of a sudden had a huge crackdown. There was a documentary that came out about how easy it was to buy your followers and then have sponsorships, make all this money. So they started cracking down like crazy, and people that did this for a living started panicking. And Twitter. You're either getting. Sometimes you can get sponsorships solely through Twitter. I've had that happen before, but a lot of times they'll come in like a package, like blog posts, and then post it on all your social media channels. But companies are starting to notice that there's people just interacting on Twitter. There's a lot of times where if you're upset with a business, you go on Twitter and you tag them and you voice your complaint, and then they jump on it. So I think companies are noticing that more and more. I'm not sure what road that will go with Instagram as they continue to crack down. It's definitely not the level that it is with Instagram yet, but I think that it's a definite benefit because companies are noticing what is going on in the Twitter world. Thank you for your knowledge. And how many tweets would you say to recommend our listeners to tweet a day? What do you think is a good ballpark number? It really again depends on what your goals are. If you are brand new to Twitter. Mm-hmm. I would not stress about that too much. I would try to stick with that eighty twenty. I always, with my clients, would start with either five a day or ten a day, depending on who their community was. Let's say you're doing ten a day. You do two different type of promotional things that are separate from each other. One may be promoting something. One may be being just a conversation starter, and then eight just retweeting other people's content. If you start with that and really get a good feel for that. Then you can build that up and do as many as you want. I always tell people also play with the timing. You know, see if tweets go better for you in the morning, in the nighttime. For me, it's always seems to be like the middle of the day, noon that they do the best. But that's my community. It might be different for someone else. So more than focusing on how many tweets a day, I would focus on what is getting the most response. Mm, awesome! Thank you so much. Do you have a mindset tip for our audience? If sometimes you're working on your tweets and you feel like you need to reset your mind, what do you do? 
That is an excellent question. And if you're in this world of being on social media, you need resets. <laughs> exactly. For me, I turn everything off and I listen to something like a book on a tape. I'm an avid reader. I'm a huge reader, but there's something just about stopping and listening to something when you've been staring at a screen so long. That is my complete mindset change. I'm obsessed with Bob Goff right now, so I listen to him on Audible, but just hearing something motivating that is not social media is an incredible reset. Mm, awesome. Yes, I love audiobooks as well. And have you worked with a life coach before? You know, I have, and I stopped for a bit because money was tight, and I immediately regretted it, and I need to jump back in. I think everyone... I think everyone needs a life coach. What was most helpful by working with a coach for you? I think for me, there's just so much that goes on in one day. There's just so much busyness in the world, so much that grabs our attention. And sometimes we truly know what's best for us, but we get sidetracked, or at least I get sidetracked. Maybe I shouldn't be saying we, I get sidetracked. And I think having someone just reiterate things just to kind of create a step-by-step -step plan and hold some type of accountability is incredible. It's my, it's life-changing. <laughs> Thank you. And would you mind sharing your favorite quote with us? Ooh, my favorite quote. Um, you know, I was reading Viktor Frankl. He was a Holocaust survivor and it's kind of a bit of a long quote, but he basically says, for the meaning of life differs from man to man, from day to day and hour to hour. What matters, therefore, is not the meaning of life in general, but rather the specific meaning of a person's life at a given moment. And I know that's kind of long, but for me, that's life-changing because we so often focus on just the meaning of life and does my life have purpose and all of that. But if you're putting meaning into your life right now, that's what matters. And so if you're taking each moment and making sure it has meaning, that goes so much farther than figuring out the big purpose in general. So that I have it on my desk that I read every day just to remind myself that I don't want today just to fly by. I want today to matter. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Yes, thank you. <laughs> To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Liu Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 